You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. All right. Welcome to yet another episode of Cure to Consumption. I am your host, Lance Lambert, and we have next to me, Miss Mia Jane. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. (laughs) Man, I can't believe we are spoiled in Southern California. As much as I complain about everything else, it always comes back to the weather, right? That's everyone's excuse for everything. It's expensive. It's overcrowded. It's overtaxed. But this weather, my gosh. It's snowing everywhere else. So, you know, this is the time of year when... I don't really mind the the exorbitant yeah. cost of living because it's just so pleasant every single day, it seems. I know. It's <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Cool. We'll get right into it. Um, we are going to have uh, a guest joining us in a few minutes, but thought I'd kick off the show. One thing that we always talk about and figured I'd bring to the table is, you know, what you're currently consuming, because both of us are uh, can of sewers, not can of snobs, we're can of sewers. There's a difference. <laughs> Depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, I'm curious, because you always, you always bring something fun. I've always got, you know, different cannabis goodies. Today I've got some keef-covered blunts from Nugs, I think it is, and it's some Lon- uh, London pound cake. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, an ashtray over here too. Oh, so okay. You're good. You. What about you? What are you smoking yeah. on? I see a pretty cool like vaporizer device. Yeah. Yeah. This is a <laughs> dryer vape. Um, we don't technically have sponsors yet, so I'll withhold from specifics, but it is kind of, um, it's almost like the Apple phone of, of vapes, okay. you know, and um, takes about a half gram. So it's a little bit smaller than my other, uh, than my other one. But yeah, I'm on right now. Gosh, I actually had to write down. Um, this one is a uh, Charlie girl from uh, soul spirit farms up okay. from Norgal. So nice. love those organic farms. Definitely shout out to those guys. Cause they are doing some magic up there and, um, yeah, some crazy stuff in the news too. I figured we'd talk, I mean, this is just kind of topical. Um, you know, we like to touch on a little bit more of the evergreen or, or the stuff that's uh, more common as far as impact, but, um, a couple of things popped up in the news and, uh, yeah, I figured a few we had covered like, um, Idaho, I hate to pick on them, but, and we've, I think we've talked about this before, Mia, you know, it's funny because that state is surrounded by legalization, right? You've got True. Washington state, Oregon state, you've got Nevada, you've got Utah, Montana, Montana, Wyoming is, uh, you know, so six out of seven of those are legal on some level, medical adult use or both. Um, and not to forget north of the border above Coeur d'Alene, you've got, you've got Canada. Calgary's yep. just north, right? Yep. Legal weed every which way you look except for in Idaho. Yes. And they went as far <laughs> recently to actually um, update their constitution to make cannabis illegal. So they're trying to get ahead of the inevitable, which I keep forecasting for the last few years. I've been saying 2022. I still believe in it. But trying to get ahead of federal legalization by suppressing as much as possible. Is this not crazy? Like it, right now? It's it's crazy, but not surprising. And, yeah. you know, I think the Republicans are the majority in that state. And it's only passed the, the Senate, not the House. That so, is true. You're right. Um, You're and right. it still has to be approved by the voters. So I think they're just trying to um, beat everyone to the punch because everyone knows that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of cannabis in Idaho, whether or not they like that or oh. not. And uh, it's only a matter of time unless they, they try to jump, uh, beat everyone to it. So, yeah, you know, but it's true. 
If it becomes federally legal, then I don't know that they'll have much much they can do about it at that point, at least not with a no. big fight from voters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's that's one thing. It's almost kind of a contingency to this move, which does make you wonder if it's all for naught or, or sorting chairs on the Titanic, as they say. Because to your point, you know, they are acknowledging what legalization levels exist at a federal level for cannabis and hemp. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I agree with you. And you're right. There, there is there. There's some phenomenal individuals uh, like 420 Mom up there that uh, have been uh, very much trying to, to get the movement going forward. I was following one group. Um, I was supporting them a little bit, too, uh, that did a tour of the entire state to get signatures uh, oh, wow. for, for moving something forward. So, um, And I have to admit, I, I've got friends from there. I was up there, uh, gosh, I want to say just before Christmas last year. And of all people I was hanging out with, there was a DA at the party I was at that um, oh. is is not not with with specifically <laughs> with Boise, but but with a neighboring town uh, on the border of both Idaho and Oregon. And he admitted, he said, you know, a lot of the cases that come in, he throws them out because they're so trivial. It's it's minute possession. It's mm-hmm. you know, f- way below an ounce in most cases. So. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say with you, there's definitely still a support. And when we see the national average, depending on which, which, uh, you know, uh, survey or poll you're looking at, but mm-hmm. anywhere from, uh, 66% conservatively on adult use legalization to, uh, up as high as, uh, you know, 75, 76% for some level of federal legalization. So three out of four people are saying, come on, you know, so people anyway. want the weed. It's, they it's do. No, it's no secret. So. Yes, it is very true. It is very true. The other thing that kind of popped up that I thought was pretty interesting um, was the increase. And again, this is a little bit more in in your wheelhouse because, admittedly, I'm a, I'm a microdoser. I'm a low doser. Um, <laughs> but a forty percent increase in sales of concentrates. So I did see that. That is pretty interesting, but. You know, it could just have something to do with uh, the fact that uh, there's a lot of forms considered uh, uh, Concentrate, concentrates right? yeah. at this point. I'm like, it's it's everything from hash to keef to rosin to moon rocks. Like, there's a lot yeah. of stuff in between there. So yeah. I kind of oil think included. They, they might have blurred the lines a little bit. I'm I'm I kind of feel like it's it's just it's gotten more common with people. I don't think yeah. dab rigs specifically are something that's gotten any more normal for the majority of the the consumers out there, but I think that um, access to um, a variety of different concentrates is something that has uh, grown in the market, and I think that's pretty cool to watch. So, But we still need a lot of education out there. We do. It always comes back to concentration. <laughs> and it's funny you mentioned the dab rig because this was an article from a Green Entrepreneur. Props to those guys. They're doing great stuff mm-hmm. as far as uh, educating, to your point. Um, they were saying that, uh, interesting enough, that education has been a factor, to your point, at least specifically to the dabbing. But you're right. Absolutely. There's other elements like oil. And, of course, we fought, both of us being out of SoCal, we, we saw firsthand the, the vape gate, as they called it, and the, the honey, you know, the whole, yeah. That, that uh, was only a matter of time. <laughs> it was. It was, right? It wasn't ironic. It was so ironic that it wasn't. It wasn't the oil itself. It was the mechanism in which it was consumed. In some instances, in other instances, it was the additives that were introduced into the oil. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the cannabis. It, it wasn't the cannabis that was driving that. So anyway, but yeah, they, they did point out to your 
to your reference on on dabbing, that more education came around that, more comfort. A lot of people that, that just didn't want to consume flour and consumed it in some other fashion. I mean, myself, I shifted in light of of the pandemic more to, um, you know, to edibles mm-hmm. and um, even just elixirs, um, transdermals, like all different types of stuff I use. But I think about that, and to your point, it's all concentrate because if it goes through CO2, short path, or BHO, or, or even alcohol, um, you are obviously converting that flour biomass into a concentrate. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. So Concentrates you're right. it's a little, are, are very little common. Vague. Yeah. And <laughs> some people don't even realize that they're, I mean, I'm kind of skeptical on whether or not using a vape pen is dabbing, but I guess technically it is dabbing. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of vape pens out there and a lot of um, portable e-rigs and all sorts of stuff. And I think that uh, people are just getting more comfortable with exploring those. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's exciting, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it, I think it's all a matter of time. We'll see we'll see what comes into fruition, and uh, definitely go from there. So yeah, let's talk a little bit though about our guest that's going to be joining us just now. Yeah, so um, Danielle is someone that I met I don't know a couple of years ago in Denver. Um, I forget where exactly. Probably out at one of like the cannabis. Um, patience days or something like that. She's always been super yeah. active in the community, um, very outgoing, super upbeat. Uh, she um, is originally from, I believe, Colombia, but um, she is uh, <clears throat> about to hop on. Her um, screen name or her Instagram is Canna Latino, so make sure you guys check her out. She's a great educator in the cannabis space for the Spanish-speaking community, and I'm really excited to have her on today. So, awesome, yeah. awesome. Perfect. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like uh, she's going to be calling just now. And that's a very important point. I mean, that's one thing we always mention to the listeners that first and foremost, education, you know, that's something that's quite pivotal, uh, both for me and myself when it comes to interacting with anyone, rather be in the industry or mainstream or even family and friends. So it's definitely one of those things where it's a factor in the individuals that we interview and that we bring on the show and support it even more so for this. And this is one thing that Mia mentioned, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, Daniela have a focus on the Latino community, which is a huge factor. I mean, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, un- unfortunately I am, I am not Spanish speaking, even though it's something that would probably be very beneficial. So I think yeah. that, uh, hello, hello, Danielle, how are she you? Is. This is, uh, Mia <laughs> yeah. Jane. Thank yes. you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show today. You're here with, um, Lance and I on Cure to Consumption, uh, podcast. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yes, thanks again. And we were just talking about the individuals that we love having on the on the show. Those that uh, obviously, you know, put their their best foot forward from an educational standpoint. And that's what we were just catching up on is not only your emphasis on education, but also emphasis on education as it ties into the Latino community because you know that that that's a factor. So much of this education, you know, always focuses on that ESL or you know, as as you know, English is a primary language language versus English as a second language. And if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about you and about your background and what got you to where you are and how you're supporting the industry in that way. Oh, yes, for sure. Well, I'm originally from Venezuela, beautiful country in the Caribbean. Yes. (laughs) And I am, of course, I'm an immigrant and I live here in Colorado now. I'm blessed enough that I have the opportunity to have another place to go when my country went to a different direction than mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. the nice one. So I I was I moved first to Miami, um in here in the United States 
like a lot of Venezuelans. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and there we start having um, some healthy issues with my kid, with my boy, my my first son. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were kind of like, you know, try all type of medication. We try all type of therapy. He was uh, diagnosed with autism when he was seven. And oh. I was diagnosed with autism when I was 28. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Times have changed, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. pretty much on, on his appointment, the neurologist told me that I was also part of the package. And it, it seems logical because I'm the mom. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Daddy, you know, like, they never go far from, from who we are. So we didn't have a great experience with the regular medications in Florida, and we decided to move to Colorado. Not for the cannabis. We decided to move to look for, you know, like a calmer place or, you know, the mountains. We wanted to do different activities and and different um, therapies from that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He used to love the rock climb, and that was one of his therapies that he works better. So in Florida, we don't have any mountains. Yeah, Yeah, not many mountains or corners in the roads or turns in the roads, (laughs) rather in Florida. Pretty flat and straight, right? (laughs) So when when we moved here, we discovered cannabis as a medication, um, and it really saved our life. Actually, a doctor... Uh, when I was in a hospital in an emergency, he told me I was totally passed out, kind of like in the place that you're not here and not there. Oh, wow. And a doctor came to me, and they were they weren't giving me by that time Percocet and Benadryl in directly oh, wow. through my veins for pain for migraines. I also have fibromyalgia. Wow! So you can imagine the, yeah. <laughs> the amount heavy. of drugs that I was already on yeah. for mm-hmm. medical reason. Yeah. Or never buy anything in the street. (laughs) (laughs) Although although the lines are blurred, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) So this doctor came to me and told me, you live in a state where cannabis is legal. Please look for help because we are killing you. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the next day I was in a cannabis doctor. I was lucky enough to live again in a state and in a country where cannabis is legal Mm -hmm. for medical reasons. And I had a great experience with this doctor. You know, it was super knowledgeable. And then, of course, I bring my kid. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And... And that's how it started. I started mm-hmm. posting um, everything on my on my Instagram and my Facebook account. And my background is communication. Oh, okay. So, nice. yes, I've been a creative director and a communicator my whole life. I used to have a magazine and a TV show in Miami. Yeah, you've, you've, as well. I remember you telling me some of the stuff you used to do before you moved to Colorado, and it just seemed like you <laughs> you could do a little bit of everything. So, you know, I was so happy to uh, have you as a part of the community there in Denver. So uh, you're definitely a, a very well-spoken individual, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. No, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to have also all the community because, again, I was an immigrant. I was alone mm-hmm. and in the middle of all these and talking about marijuana, you know, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and when was this? That's a big factor. And, and I should, you already know, obviously, Mia's lived out there. I've lived out there myself uh, for years. And so we're both fans of Colorado. When was this that you made the move from Miami? What year do you recall? 2000, 
2013. Oh my God. Yeah. That, and I, that's what I was going to guess because that's, I went out there for the industry January of 2014. And that's when the movement, although they did have medical legalization before adult use legalization, but it seems like things really got attention in your story. This is so unique. Um, the company I worked yeah. for is the cannabis out there and we were a news site and we were covering these stories um, of families literally selling everything they owned and moving from, to your point, states where it's not like Texas, a lot of them from Texas and Alabama, Oklahoma, from the South, Southeast. And they were moving there to help their children with, with issues like grand mal seizures, epileptic seizures, you know, neurological uh, disorders that they're finding, to your point, cannabis actually helps versus hurts the body like some of the pharmaceuticals. So it's so interesting. Y you were kind of a part of a migration of families that were trying to find better quality life that, that ended up finding it in cannabis there. So totally. Yeah. I, cool. I am part of that migration. I, I think I, again, I'm blessed that I, that I was, you know, that I ended up in the right state and I was also able to, because like you said, it was, it was medicinal on this state, but uh, as the last, the, the, yeah, the, the next year after I moved, they legalized also the adult consumption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but we also have a legalization of a lot of conditions as well with that. Mm -hmm. And one of them was autism. Yep. I had the, the pleasure <laughs> to testify on that um, law so it can pass because my kid get into the, in, into the register um, uh, as a patient. He get registered as a patient because he also had my migraines. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. That's so awesome. So he was that able, he, that he was to, able get to get into it, the yeah. system because of that. <laughs> Well, and something bigger that's tied to those uh, rules and regulations associated with the medical side. And that's what I loved about Colorado compared to Washington State, where to your point, they didn't just, oh, now we're doing adult use. So you got what you wanted. We won't have this, uh, you know, in-depth medical program. Colorado acknowledged church and state, and they still keep it as such, even at the dispensary level. But one thing I found interesting was uh, how they had passed in allowing uh, individuals like your son to be able to actually consume their medication at school, which... It, it, it seems obvious to a lot, like to me, you know, for, for children, like we have family friends um, that, that are dealing with autism and some other disorders where they need to take these medications throughout the day in order to stay level. And um, they allow the pharmaceutical side, you know, bring, bring whatever, you know, pill bottle it is, but why would that not be applicable to cannabis? And I, I thought that was really cool yeah. of Colorado to, again, to address that. I, I don't want to call it an issue because it's not. It, they allow other medicines. Why it, not this? It's a right. I but, actually sat yeah. in on a lot of those um, testimonies. I was there at the Capitol during those times. and it was crazy? It was intense. And I know. I have a picture with you. Yes, yes. We were there. <laughs> like, we were there so for cool. a lot of these these things that happened at the Capitol in Denver. And it was such an exciting time. And, you know, that's why I, uh, you know, I just, I really think it's important, you know, to get out there and make sure you have a voice and go out and testify at, you know, your local, you know, city council or uh, capital, uh, you know, issues and things like that. Just like you did, Danielle, like that stuff really matters and it does make a change. So thank you for having a part in that. And I'm so glad that you and your son were able to get, you know, something that actually helps a little bit, it sounds like. So I, I am more than, than, than honored than being able to be part of that because uh, it's like you said, Jack's Law, for example, uh, Jack mm -hmm. was a kid that we all know. Yeah. We all knew that kid. We, he was part of the community, and her mother was arrested because he was consuming cannabis. And we have kids that we send it, uh, we'd send it to school with methamphetamines. Yeah. Since they're seven, we don't think about that. We think only what we are taught to think, mm -hmm. and that is that is 
why I have to start with all this education side because again I start posting on my when our pictures together yeah. in, the, <laughs> in all these events and how we were fighting for a better legalization for kids and for people uh, you know our neighbors it's just it's just logical to have to want a better quality of life for the people that you have close that that's what makes us a community so i would start i start posting you know like all these pictures and telling people what i was doing and how cannabis really changed my life in my kid's life because after six months he was on on cannabis for his uh, migraines he told me i had a click you know, like my brain did click and I, and I sat and I talked to him and he was already another kid. He was out of the old methamphetamines, uh, like Adderall, Ritalin, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. all these stimulants that we give to kids. We have yeah. to think about that too. So many. And, and he was able to consume a medication that is non-lethal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as a mother, you don't know how amazing that feels. And especially because also your kid is telling you, I'm feeling better. I'm getting so cool. it now. <laughs> yeah. That is cool. <laughs> it's very cool because you're right. They, they, you know, and I understand under certain circumstances, like there's a campaign in Northern California here when you're coming out of, you know, the Emerald Triangle up in Northern, Northern California, mm-hmm. you know, a sign that, that says, you know, still it's for adult use and because it can alter... Like, I understand where people are coming from, from a whole, oh, shouldn't, conf- shouldn't consume it until the body is fully developed. But on the flip side, this is where it's a total exception to me. Yeah. You know, it totally makes sense because the the studies that they're doing um, around the world, but but again, I always go back to Israel because I was so impressed when I visit there in, in Tel Aviv, you know, some of the things they're doing. But they are finding that exactly to your point, Danielle, this is something that we all have endocannabinoid systems. We all have the receptors to be able to process this medicine. And and talking to a scientist, uh, he's actually a chemist that was speaking at a, a hemp um, um they had so many events in Colorado back in the day. You guys remember this? It was there was there was a hemp group that uh-huh. they'd have a monthly meeting uh, over in Cherry Creek, and um, he took on a challenge. And this is kind of close to home for me. It was uh, about cancer, where there's a pill that one of the big pharma's charges. It's fifty dollars a pill, Yikes. and their goal was to see if they could mimic the attributes. Uh, of that medicine naturally with cannabis for less than $5. And they actually got it almost as low as 50 cents uh, as far as equivalent (laughs) in dosage and outcome. And I was so impressed with that. And he said, yeah, it just makes sense. He's all, let me explain. He's also, a lot of people use ibuprofen and and Danielle, I'm sure you, especially with migraines, you know, a lot of people turn to Tylenol Mm -hmm. or turn to to Advil. Mm -hmm. And uh, specifically with ibuprofen, he said, you know, the reason why you can consume 800 milligrams a day is because um, the uptake or the lack thereof said the absorption rate on average for pharmaceutical based painkillers is about 50 percent. And mm-hmm. so you're only absorbing half of that 800 milligrams. So it's like you're only taking four doses at most versus versus the eight. Yeah. And but you're um, paying for twice. Yes. Yes. You're <laughs> paying. Yes. That's exactly and that. And we have our opinions of big pharma. My gosh. Right. But that was a thing that he pointed out was that. Um, with this, it's a hundred percent absorption. You know mm-hmm. what the body mm-hmm. body doesn't need or doesn't use, it'll flush through. Similar to most vitamins and, and supplements that we consume as individuals. So I agree with you, Daniel. I mean, that's that's one thing for him to come back and tell you how he feels, right? Because it's tough as a parent to go in and meet with the pediatrician or with the specialist of of your you know physician's office 
to talk about That's autism right. and those issues, right? And they're saying, oh, well, there's this pink pill, then this blue pill, there's this smaller pill. We can start them at 10 milligrams and then and then let's try 20 milligrams. And all of a sudden, to your point, the the, the child is so pumped up on pharmaceuticals that they don't know what feels normal, what doesn't feel normal, what feels right, what doesn't feel right. It's so great to hear, you know, for him to be able to make that shift for, versus being one of these children, not to pick on the the Z gen, you know, but they're the younger <laughs> They're the, everyone thinks of the millennials. The millennials are now the Gen Xers. The the, the next gen to Gen Xers, the Y gen are, are the ones that, that we talk about now even more so. But they're the ones who are graduating college. And to your point, like you said, they've been on these drugs for mm-hmm. 15, 20 years of their life. It's it's incredible, yeah. you know, and it's a path that I don't wish on anyone, you know. Exactly. Um, and the worst part is that, uh, well, first of all, for me, it was magical because the reason why I moved was because my son also stand in front of me when I was giving him his medication. Uh, and he was fighting against me. He was like, I'm not going to uh, take it. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it. And by that time, I even have the social services and all the system uh, in, you know, like on top of me because oh, he turned suicidal when he was 13. Oh, wow. oh man. So that changed the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that means that you need to medicate the kid, mm-hmm. or they will remove the kid and we put it in a they put it in a hospital and, and, and you know like who knows oh, what yeah. Scary. Yeah. else they give him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like kind of like fighting with him and telling him no, you need to take it. You know like how it is, yeah. how mamas are, how we are. <laughs> we you mean always right? <laughs> we're all, we're always right, of course. <laughs> We get it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, he stand in front of me and he told me, I cannot take this pill. And I was like, why? And he told me, they remove my ability to love. Oh. Oh. And that's when I moved to Florida. (laughs) Florida. (laughs) Any other state who doesn't have that social system on top of me so I cannot medicate my kid anymore. Mm -hmm. I was totally looking for something else. And so when he said that he was clicking on him that this medication that this plan like you know like you say right now we all have an endocannabinoid system and i'm not preaching for kids go take cannabis nothing farther than that you know like i'm I'm just wanted to bring the attention to the fact that we have a system that it goes with this plant and even better we produce cannabinoids exactly the same as thc Yep. So we have to stop panicking. Yes. <laughs> Very true. Because every time we do exercise, every time we have an orgasm, every time we're happy, we have that endocannabinoid involved in our life. That's true. So we really shouldn't be ashamed or, you know, like we shouldn't be prohibited something that we produce that is natural. Yeah. It's like to try to illegalize gravity <laughs> <laughs> and that's a sad thing and, and and i think it might be a good segue to get into because being from venezuela and and coming over to the states and i know everyone oh you know the u.s it's uh, you know the free country the the safest the best the this the that the richest you know and we're not perfect that's being being a, a traveler internationally and, and having been all around the world from south america to pan pacific and europe you know there are other benefits of other places but that is what's sad because what you're talking about albeit started kind of a western uh mentality 
you know, but weaponizing this plant, I mean, that's exactly it. You know, what they did to it from a political standpoint and what they did from it from suppressing uh, minority groups specifically in, in this country and um, primarily Hispanic and, and African-American, but to a certain extent, Asian-American. Um, it's just so it, it's it's so sad because I think about how many lives. And again, myself being a cancer survivor, Danielle, what, what you and your son have been through, um, even what Mia has been through in, in her health and how it helps her. Like, imagine how many more lives it would have affected if we weren't in prohibition for 100 years. You know, that's just, yeah. I don't know. I just, it, it baffles me. I mean, someone posted up something on LinkedIn, and it was the effect of talking about, um, you know, what if they if they never lifted prohibition of alcohol and never started prohibition of cannabis? And I said, being a, a tow truck driver for years, I, you guys can imagine, I saw a lot of bad accidents, and a lot of them were related to alcohol. And I said the amount of lives that would be saved and the amount of lives that would be healed if the shoe was on the other foot. If if cannabis, oh, to your no. point, was as cool as alcohol. I mean, I still am baffled by how much alcohol plays into our social uh, web, if you will, not just here, but internationally. So, yeah. Oh, totally, totally. And, and we know that alcohol gives you cancer and can cause cancer, mm -hmm. but we don't take it out. We know that cigarettes can do it. And if I don't recall well, on the Nixon campaign, yep. he's against cannabis. He says, I want to punch marijuana in the vagina. <laughs> so, <laughs> Wouldn't put it past that, that guy. <laughs> you see how many things wrong was with that statement. So <laughs> yeah. much wrong. But it, it also says a lot to where we are now. So It does. It does. And that was, I mean, that's there, there's three points that Salinger, I think of way back when, that started the original war on drugs or reefer madness. Mm -hmm. To your point, and this this is so interesting, Danielle, like you, you get this. You probably know more than a lot of people have been here their whole lives, but you're spot on. Nixon started the real modern war on drugs. And then I think Daryl yeah. Cage just exasperated it in the 80s with the D.A.R.E. program and Nancy Reagan jumping on that bandwagon. But it's so true, like how ass not. And you read some of the quotes from from both the 30s during Prohibition and the 70s. And I, I, I would believe anything that anyone told me as far as quotes go for how <laughs> they treated this plan back then. I don't think, I, I don't think I'd argue with any of them, you know, on, on the facts. So it is crazy. But, no, no, no. But it, Again, it was it was a crazy era. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, and, and I think right now we are not looking for who to blame. We are looking for the solution. Yes. And we have the opportunity. We have the media. We have the tools today. Um, like I said before, I just start posting my my cannabis journey in my uh, in my Facebook page. Then I. I ended up into not having more space to accept friends mm -hmm. and people was writing me, you know, like sending me all the type of message, especially the Latino community, because we really don't know anything about it. So I create Cana Latino, which is um, a blog, a community and the first education, the first school of cannabis in Spanish in the United States. We actually have the trademark last year for that's that. Nice. Congratulations. Awesome. That was the easiest <laughs> <Thank> process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I know you were doing yeah. so much with it, and I, I think that you've come a, a long way, and it's a really important part of uh, the cannabis community. So I, I applaud you for everything you've been up to. It's a lot. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. But but again, you know, telling you how, how small is our knowledge and how, how 
Saturdays that no one else is, was talking about this. Yeah. I also write the first cannabis cooking book in Spanish. Oh, where cool. I have recipes for Latino food, you know. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. and she is an amazing cook, this woman. I I've, know I've been to brunch at her house, and it is uh, in- incredible. <laughs> Everything was amazing. Oh, my so, gosh. So good. Next I'm- time I'm in Colorado, I'm telling you, I had a neighbor. She is from Guadalajara. She taught me how to make the proper um, way rancheros. And oh. now I can't even go out to eat and how I can only make my own. <laughs> it's like something about authentic. Nice. Don't worry. Don't oh worry. Gosh. I will make arepas for you. Oh my gosh. So good. Dreamy. <laughs> That's very cool. Exactly. Well, so I just start, you know, like communicating, uh, writing again, my background is communication. So for me it was easy because that's what I used to do. I have contact with uh, Telemundo, with Univision, oh, nice. with uh, different, um, you know, like CBS, with uh, a lot of people, because I, I was working on media mm-hmm. before. So they were my friends, and they were like, hey, what are you doing? Do my Facebook. <laughs> they were watching, like, oh, what is this? How do you know about that? Let's make a news about it. Why did you, do you know about this? Do you know about that? And then I start doing pretty much a lot of news, a lot of things, you know, like I went, public i mean (laughs) you came out of the uh, green closet as we say that's that's what i love saying i'm like i've been out of the green closet for years now (laughs) totally that's exactly how i say it everybody looks at me like i'm crazy but i totally feel that i came out of my closet i'm a green closet (laughs) and now i have only plants on my closet because i go in there indoors (laughs) love it yes (laughs) the perpetual grower that's great Mm -hmm. of course so I, I I think I'm blessed that it, that not just move here to the United States, but also being able to give back to my Latino community because mm-hmm. I'm not just from Venezuela. My dad is from Argentina. Oh, my, wow. I have family from Spain. I ha- I live in in Peru. We have to, you know, like I've been I travel the whole Latin America from Venezuela to Argentina in a car with my sister, my mom, and my dad. We oh. almost. Kill each other, but and that's not a it. short trip for no. those that don't know South. I mean, besides the fact that people don't know that there's you know over 700 million people in South America and the islands, <laughs> but it is a big continent. Yeah, no small <laughs> that's a drive. Space. No, <laughs> just from the tip up to Colombia, that would take me. That'd take a week. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we also have again my family from Spain, from Italy. So I have. A real Latin culture, <laughs> yes. like a lot of people that I have to that I have to teach, and 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 that I have to. I, I love that. I, I love that. I was reading the other day something that I love, and it's if you want to learn, teach, because oh, you wow. really learn from other people the necessity, the needs that they have, and. Being a person that it can be, you know, like uh, with like you that uh, with the doctors in Israel, I, I was able to to meet Doctor Lumerianus, Doctor Rafael Machulan, oh, and nice. also Cristina Sanchez from La Complutense in Spain, who who was the one who had the theory. Well, it's not a theory; it's a fact: the cancer cells suicide or turn off the nucleus. We're in the presence of TAC or anandamide. Mm-hmm. So those are people that are doing research that you blow your mind. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. they're really, you know, on, on this every day, not with the fear of what are we going to do the research or let's do a research that is only allowed 
No, these are people that are really fighting for the best way to live in this planet and mm -hmm. to get a better quality of life. That is that those are my heroes. No, <laughs> I, more, I agree. Of course. I agree. Those are, those are some good ones. I, yeah. I'd say they're doing some really important work for, for everybody's good in my opinion. So yeah. and they have the freedom to your point. That's yeah. one thing that it it is unfortunate here and I mean I just posted some up I think last week about GW pharmaceuticals selling out to an, another big pharma mm -hmm. <laughs> as if there could be bigger. And the crazy part, yeah. there, was, there was an article that spun off of that about why the government is in love with only England's uh, solutions in big pharma by way of cannabis. Because that's the thing is GW, you know, they, out of a half dozen that use uh, cannabinoids, they're the only ones that use biomass or, or natural cannabinoids versus um, synthetic cannabinoids. Uh, and it, 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 again, it's one of those things where, to your point, you know, we aren't able to do those studies. So that's where I get where they're coming from. Like, well, we would be the leader, but because this drug has been suppressed and, and you know, given a status of illicit, not just illicit, but schedule one, which is re ridiculous. Exactly. And that's it's, another thing, you know, like a lot of people is, oh, yeah, Jazz Pharmaceutical bought GW Pharma for $7.2 billion. Billion with a B. Way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with a B. Huge. Yeah, they were you know, yep. like I get, yeah. I bet the first scientist from GW Pharma who said, what about if we try cannabis? He was like, really? You know, like everybody was like, no, are we? Are you crazy? You know, like, but they yeah. did it. They believe in him. They believe in, in cannabis. And it's, it's not the right one. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not the one that we have to use all because I believe in the entourage effect. I believe in yes. the whole plant. 100%. But 100%. it's a big step. You know, that we can make the heads of these huge pharmaceuticals, of these huge money to see this. What do we have to do right now is have the enough education to not allow anyone else here to take out our right to also grow our own. Yeah, because that's a big debate, you know? right? Every state that comes on, that's the first thing that comes up. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, now it is interesting. Some are a half dozen, some are a dozen, but some still do not allow. It, it kind of seems like most don't have home grow rights. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rare considering yeah. all the states that have some type of uh, medical or adult use cannabis. It's one reason yeah. I... I don't feel like I can move home to Florida because I really want to, you know, be able to well, have a couple of my own. We won't so. want you to move home there anyway. It's <laughs> oh, but it's so nice. It so is. Nice. I got to spend is. like half the year here and half the year in Florida. So. Oh, yeah, because you'd, you'd be here. <laughs> let me see. You'd be in California during the tropical storm season because, gosh, they've gone into the Greek alphabet twice in the last decade. So you wouldn't be in, in Florida for, for the hurricane season. But yeah, know. the rest of the year. No, I, I feel like a, be there for hurricane season. No. Florida has got some fun stuff coming up in the next few years, and I, I feel like if they go, you know, legal with adult use, it might be a good place to be. So. And they will. It's interesting. That's <laughs> that's it's a tangent, yeah. but you both being Floridian residents at at one point or another, um, it's crazy yeah. because it's very southern. People don't recognize that mm -hmm. Florida is still in the south of this country, and the mentality. Never mind how many presidential elections they mess up, thanks to brothers being in office. <laughs> Bush Jr. But, you know, it's one of those things where it, it's a unique state and where there are a lot of politics. I remember some of the trials and tribulations just to bring medical into fruition where oh, it could only be, what was it? Not uh, Hydra. It was um, 
uh, existing horticulture producer. I think they yeah they had to have like a ten years experience or something yeah. like that in already owning a nursery. A nursery, so, and, and yeah, it was yeah. like mm-hmm. only half a dozen licenses. It, it was so restrictive. It's it's still very restrictive down there. But yeah. you know, I I you know and the always, amount of money that you need also to apply for those licenses. Yes, that's what's another yeah. thing that leaves everybody out of the out of the market. Yeah. But not here, not just here in the United States, guys. Let me tell you, Uruguay was the first country to legalize yep, cannabis. That was people can cannot grow cannabis free. Free. Yep. <laughs> so we still, you know, like yeah. Well, that's crazy because <laughs> looking for that. <laughs> you've been to, and you make a valid point because a lot of people don't recognize, like you said. I mean that that happened back uh, before Colorado happened in 2013, yeah. mm-hmm. and then everyone you know got all. And it was the call Oh my God! Yes, like, yes, it was the whole country, and it was the whole country. Yep, and adults use only as well. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, and 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 government supported and, and government you know mm-hmm. uh, promoted, but yeah, to your point, you know, then everyone started paying attention when Canada came online. And I get Canada is a G seven country, and blah blah blah. We also tease about them being the hat of the U.S. because you know what, thirty six million pop- they have less people than we do in this mm-hmm. day. California mm-hmm. is trivial, but they're the second largest <laughs> landmass behind Russia. So I'll give them that. Ex- but exactly. Yeah, but, and Colombia as well. Colombia is growing before before Canada because oh, Colombia yeah. never illegalized. Mm-hmm. What about that? Yep. Colombia yep. always had in his in his constitution an allowed amount to carry of cannabis. Yeah. In Colombia, exactly <laughs> to your point. And then Canadians started knocking. There's LPs that are actually uh, growers in Colombia or partnered with growers in Colombia. But I think to your point, getting back to that, I remember going down to, uh, you know, Expo Weed, which is the circuit that starts in Mexico. It makes it way, it's way down into South America. And I think it actually wraps in Uruguay or, or Paraguay. But I went to it a few years back in Chile and Santiago because I have some friends there in the mm-hmm. industry. And... I was really surprised with how many people do home grow in South America. I mean, here, I'm not saying Americans are lazy, but they're kind of lazy. And you go down there. I went into one mall, and it was a three-story mall, and there were half a dozen grow shops. I'm not even kidding. Like half a dozen, not head shops, hydro shops. And I started talking to friends, and they're like, yeah, we grow. Yeah. Chile never illegalized the seed. Chile is the fifth country that produce more hemp seeds in the world. It's crazy. That's part of their industry. Yeah. Yeah. And they know how to grow. And that, and that again, is not just talking to friends in Brazil and Argentina, Colombia. You're right. Like, yeah. Go Chile. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good good football team. So they, they definitely, I think that's a little bit of a difference. So to your point, you know, that you were making just now, Mia, Mm -hmm. is, you know, quite a few of the states, um, out of 41 technically have some level of legalization around cannabis. You're right. There is a, a vast amount that do not allow home grow, which only gives a nod, I think, to capitalism, which unfortunately that that's kind of what we're dealing with. There's extreme capitalism with the whole big pharma conversation and prohibition, everything else. Sometimes there yeah, is too much I of a good thing. I think we have the most in Latin America was the prohibition. You know, the fear yeah. that your mom is going to kill you because you know how to grow. That's good. And the government is growing. That's their problem. But my kid is growing. I'm going to kill it. (laughs) And a Latina mom, if you kill someone, she will help you to bury it in the garden. I have no doubt of that statement. If it's not you smoking marijuana, it will kick you out of the house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? 
Yeah, or friends I've had. Oh, she's not Catholic. Never mind. <laughs> it's like really. It's well, like yeah. Imagine if you're Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so, very true. But I think some of the social differences, and in, in it again, it's so interesting because you've definitely. Oh my gosh, you've learned so much, obviously, about this country since being here, and have really not just adapted but adopted. Um, you know, some of the things that the country has to offer. And again, to hear this, to hear how, you know, cannabis has made such an impact for you and your family. And I think that kind of brings us back around to, so how is your son or your son? I'm sorry. How is your, um, your daughter? Is it? Well, yeah, no, my son is is the one who, who was, uh, I was, you know, who was um, medicate him before. Oh, okay. Yeah. My okay. daughter takes CBD every day. I'm like, okay. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure her daughter uses cannabis. I know. A that's bit a, too, I was but. like, I, I think we talked on both. So I guess I should ask how both on because, okay. So, you know, definitely. They're great. The son. Yeah. They're good. They're good. Actually, They're good. my son was able, my son is a total successful story because, again, that was 2013. It's almost eight years ago. He was yeah. 16. He's now 23. He's living alone. He is uh, working. He's, you know, like he's super mm-hmm. functional. He's amazing because that's another thing, you know, like when you are under the spectrum of autism and you are functional, you don't have a place where medication, you know, like the doctors get you know, yeah. in the middle. Yeah. They yeah. will give you the same riddle in the day, will give you a kid that is non functional. Yeah. So I think also part of being in the, under the spectrum is, is part of. Uh, you have to understand as a patient and as a mother, as a patient, where in that rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a full spectrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or where you are going to be in my case, because again, I was diagnosed the same day that he was. <laughs> what a day I bet that was. So you've, you've handled it amazingly. And I'm so, so happy to hear that you've both found uh, some help with this wonderful plant. That's so awesome, Danielle. Yeah. A very cool story. Where do you see your future going? That's that's probably the last thing I would ask. Since, yeah. uh, since the children to? are good, or the is that what the statement is? The ch- the children are well. Yeah. The children are safe. So yeah, yeah. what what is the, do you see really? Um, you know, like some of us just fully embracing this and just making a, a career path for your your future days. Well, yeah, actually, that's that's what I I it's been going on. You know, like. Um, a, Again, as a communicator, as an as a chef, and as an educator, and as a, everything that I do, <laughs> I've been growing into those directions, and also helping other people and building other these systems that they can be supported by others in different places as well, so they can educate. So, I wanted to take uh, kind of Latino all over the world, and it's happening because, uh, unfortunately, we have the pandemic. And we cannot travel right now yeah. to do the conference that we used to do. Uh, but now we're doing it online and we're having people from all over the world. We've been having incredible people from everywhere. Yep. I've seen some yeah. really cool you know, guests. Like so. Latinos in Russia, Latinos in, yeah. in China, Latinos in everywhere calling us and, and, and writing and asking for help, uh, especially in education. So that's why we do. And I think I can live enough to educate as much as I can. And I can help the next generations to have a better path, an easier one, especially. That. Absolutely. And it just yep. starts with kind of learning some of that basic knowledge that you're always so forthcoming with. And I, I love that about you. You're always happy to, to explain things to people and to just kind of uh, be... Uh, 
a good ear for uh, finding solutions uh, when it comes to cannabis and using this plant as a medicine. So you're a real inspiration, Danielle. Yeah, Keep up the sure. amazing work. And let me know if there's another cookbook in the works. I'll come over and help you uh, taste test some, some recipes. <laughs> exactly, Ooh, exactly. It's coming. There's another one coming, but it's going to be about sexual elixirs and oh. other things that also make us happy. Okay. All right. Well, keep me in the loop. Hey. I, uh, I definitely want to know more about that. It, who couldn't use that, right? So. In, in my opinion, <laughs> cannabis is better than any blue pill, but I digress. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess last, yeah, let's, let's get a couple of shots. So your book, specifically what it's called, where our listeners can find it. I, I know everyone's always uh, interested in hearing more. So if you could share a little bit on that for our viewers. Of course, it's called What I Know Plus Some Recipes. After a few months, I have it in Spanish. I have to translate it so it's available in English and Spanish. And you can find it on Amazon right now or on our website, canalatino.com. Sorry, <laughs> www.canalatino.com. And cana with double N of cannabis. <laughs> Nice. Perfect. We can, we can link to that, I'm sure. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then you obviously that's the website. And then your handles, you're pretty predominant. I caught you. I caught up with you on IG. That was me <laughs> that started following you last night. <laughs> so where where can our listeners follow you as well? And again, the fact that, you know, from an ESL perspective, you know, that you're probably communicating in, in both languages. So kind of catering to both audiences, which is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, how can they follow you? If you can share your handles for that as well. Yeah, of course. We are an, an, on Instagram as Cana Latino. You know, it's very easy. We trademark the name, so we have because we had a great name. And actually, yeah, it is. that it came out in one night. You know, like I was playing because again, it was a Facebook page where I was open, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, how am I going to call it? And I say, well, let's call it Cana Latino, <laughs> and everybody loves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It's, it's catchy. really easy to remember. It's yeah. kind of from Canada's Latino from Latino. <laughs> there you go. There you go. To the point. Yep. I like it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Yeah, we don't want it to complicate anything. No, yeah, you got to keep it simple. Our life <laughs> <laughs> You're in communications and in that it carries over to marketing. And what do we always say? K-I-S-S. Got to keep it simple. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so awesome. Very cool. Well, we will definitely keep in touch. And we, of course, always appreciate in hearing those that educate. So any way that we can further support you, definitely make sure to let us know. Yeah, thank you so much, Danielle. It was great to have you on the show today and to catch up a little bit. And uh, I'll let you know next time I'm in Colorado for some of those arepas. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. For a big hug because I miss you a lot. And thank you very much for having me here. It's really a pleasure and an honor to be able to communicate in both languages. So, again, I'm more than happy and honored to be here. So thank you. You have me for life. You know that. Oh, we love it's always good vibes. That's what we love about this industry Absolutely. and having friends around the world like you, even those in our backyard. So again, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Dan- thank you, Danielle. Perfect. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty. And so that for us, you know, another yeah. show that was very, I love hearing that because yeah. again, having friends, you know, in, in family members that have dealt with autism and one out of 54 children born in this country now are diagnosed with autism. So I think that's very, very interesting and hit, hits home for many. So she's got so many uh, great stories and great experience with cannabis and the community and just how to how to help yeah. people and be a good educator. So I'm really glad that we got to chat with her for a little bit. It was a 
fun conversation about all sorts of uh, weedly things. Exactly so. true. <laughs> well, thank you all. As always, we appreciate you listening in, and it's all about good vibes. Be sure to tune in next time. We'll be catching up with yet another guest, a little bit of news updates, and what me is consuming. <laughs> Until then, we'll ta- catch you guys next time. Thanks much. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.